Artist.io. Welcome to the Coast to Coast Podcast. We are back here with episode 32. I'm your host, Kyle Creasy, and today I'm joined by a friend of mine and a guy who's been on the podcast before, Jamal Christopher. Jamal, what's up, man? What's going on, brother? How are you on this Friday? I'm good. Cannot complain. Hope the same for you. Yeah, I'm pretty good, man. Yeah, awesome. Um, If you guys listened last time or if you've seen him on Twitter at all, obviously you know Jamal, big-time Clippers fan, Clipper ambassador, um, really engages with the Clipper community on Twitter. Um, If you don't follow him on there, it's at Jam Christopher, J-A-M-C-R-I-S-T-O-P-H-E-R. Uh, he's on there all the time talking about Clippers. That's how I first connected with Jamal. Uh, if you, if you haven't, if you didn't listen to the last time he came on, Jamal came on uh, in June. We were able to talk about the Clippers coming into this season and a finals preview as well. That was a lot of fun. So super excited to have you back on, man. Yeah, man. Um, I it feels like that was just yesterday, man. And we were <laughs> talking about what what we what we expect out of the Celtics and the Warriors and you know, the optimism going into the Clippers this year. And, yeah, I'm excited to talk Clippers. Let's go. Yeah, for sure. All Clipper pod uh, today. We're recording this on Friday night. Um, We actually just freshly watched uh, some of those Lakers-Bucks games in Celtics heat. That's what I was watching. I know Jamal got to catch some of the end of uh, Bucks-Lakers. We've been talking about that a good bit before we hopped on here. But Friday night. um, But all Clippers tonight – and just kind of talking about where they're at, you know, where they're at going forward, um, stuff about the duo, the roster, just really just analyzing the Clippers season at this point going forward. So as it currently stands, the Clippers are 13 and 10, and they are fifth in the West, but only three games back from first place. Now, if I told you this with no context coming into the season, you know, you're probably like, oh, wow, you know, kind of an underwhelming start for the team that was bringing back two stars and had so much more. But We've gotten five games of Kawhi and very limited in the games that he's played. And Paul George has now missed um, seven games. Yet here we are. I mean, it just feels like this team finds ways sometimes just win games and stay afloat, even if these two aren't playing. How have you been impressed so far just with these role players and the other guys on the team that are stepping up even again in the absence of our two stars? Um. I, I've been impressed. I mean, but it's, for me, it's just uh, a bit a bit of an extension of uh, 2021, 2022. I mean, yes. we've we've seen uh, Zubat kind of uh, come into his own a little bit this year. Um, Norman Powell, after starting the season off a little bit up and down, he's kind of found his groove. Uh, same with Reggie Jackson. Um yeah, I, I'm impressed with the Clippers' depth, honestly. Um, when you when you expect to receive uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George back, and then you don't get a Kawhi Leonard, essentially, and then in the games that he does play, uh, he's very clearly um, meticulous with his work in terms of when he decides to be aggressive, when he decides to attack. And um, he's, like, shooting, like, eight, ten times a game. Um, cause like, you know what I mean? Like it's very clear that he's on a schedule where he's going to decide when to ramp it up and stuff. So, um, all in all, uh, the Clippers schedule hasn't been too challenging. Um, and that in conjunction with their depth is kind of how they're in where they're at. 
Um, but honestly, I, I don't even know if I'd call it impressive at this point because, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, we know, like, if you watch the Clippers and you're a real Clippers fan or just a real basketball fan, like, you know Zubac is a good player. Like, we know Norman Powell can score. We know Terrence Mann is good at basketball. Like, we know what Reggie Jackson did in the 21 playoffs. And so, you know, the Clippers being such an elite defense and still in range of the one seed without Kawhi and Paul George – um in some lens it's it's uh impressive but in another it's like yeah we knew that they won 42 games without those two last year like you know what i mean this year is about one thing and it's about competing for a title and we obviously aren't going to do that without Kawhi leonard and without paul george um and so yeah the reps that these guys are getting without those guys in the lineup um are good uh but from a fan perspective, it's like I've seen this. You know what I mean? I'm ready to get this show on the road. Uh, I do think Kawhi and PG are playing tomorrow. So, yeah, man, I'm I'm ready to really get serious. You know what I mean? I just saw AD score 40, Giannis scoring 40. And it's like I, I want my best players to, uh, you know, tote that thing too, you know? So we're so I'm ready for that. Uh, but, yeah, uh, it's, it's always impressive when you can win without your big guys in the lineup. Just ready for them to return. Yeah, for sure. Um, new report from Ohm today uh, that Kawhi and Paul George have been upgraded to questionable for tomorrow's game against the Kings, I believe. Is that who we play? Yeah, and 1 p.m. I mean, that's, that's good to know. Um, a lot of Clippers fans, um, myself included, and and even a lot of people in the media uh, claimed this team to be the deepest team in the league going into the year. And I think that's justified right now. I mean, you know, here, here we are again. Like I said, missed time from the Stars. and still sitting three games above 500 and three games out of first place in the Western Conference. I mean, how many teams, you've talked about it, how many teams could survive to this point with the availability of their two stars that the Clippers fed to this point? I mean. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it, not many, not many to say the least. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not going to go through and start naming who I think would or wouldn't, but it's pretty simple. There may be only a few. So, you know, good for them for staying on top. Um Obviously, with the Stars being out some, I'm not as concerned about Paul George. I don't think a lot of people are concerned about Paul George, even though hopefully, you know, everything's good there. Is it an issue to you or are you concerned about the way things have been with Kawhi 23 games in? Um, a little, a little. Um, just um, some of the insight that I have personally. Uh, I knew that he didn't play um, in offseason. He doesn't play 5-on-5. Um, I knew that. And so the fact that the the knee swell, swelled up after the first two games, um, that is par for the course. Um, when you're returning from ACL and, you know what I mean, you, you're getting back to live action. But you just wish that happened in the summer. Yeah. Right. Um, but I, I'm not too concerned. Um, I do think by uh, February, March or even January, I, I do think we're going to get the the real Kawhi Leonard um, at some point this season. And as long as we're right in the mix when that happens, uh, we got a shot against everybody. You can just look at the West. I, I'll be honest. Um, if the West was a bit better, um, I'd be a bit more concerned because it obviously is going to take Kawhi some time. 
Um, but, you know, I've kind of said this to, to my brother uh, that the West is kind of um, they're playing with their food right now with the Clippers. Like I, I, I'm talking like a Clipper fan right now, but like this is a sleeping giant. Like Steph is out here dropping 30 a game. Luca is going ridiculous. Like the best teams from these best from the best players from these best teams are going nuts. And the Clippers are right there. So if they get Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to be the best version of themselves, to me, they are very clearly the best team in the West. So that kind of um, turned down my concern a little um, because I do think we'll get the best version of Kawhi. I just don't know if it'll be soon or how soon it'll be. And we need some we need some breaks. Like we need some win. We need to win in a um, in the meantime. And so. Um, you kind of talked about our depth and I think I'm being long winded here, but, um, you kind of talked about our depth. Uh, we, we, we are very deep, um, but we aren't deep in a sense that we can lose our two best players and over the, the, the course of the season still compete to where we want to compete to. Nobody can lose their two best players and you know what I mean? Be good. So, um, our depth shines to me when you see them surround Kawhi and Paul George our depth is not in like a ton of just individually talented players it's like our depth is uh just a bunch of good role players that can just play smart basketball make shots make the right play so uh no I I, but to answer the question yeah I don't don't think it's too concerning um I think uh it'd be less concerning if Kawhi Leonard didn't sprain his ankle um I, I I do feel like he kind of had a false start to the year, and once he came back, I think he more or less was good. Um, but that that ankle thing kind of was unplanned, and it just happened. So hopefully he's, he's back, and we can kind of get some reps in with him now. Yeah, for sure. Um, to me, you know, when I've watched the five games that he's played, I, I think for me, it's obviously it's it's a little not like rough, but you can tell it's been a while since he's played, and the stats aren't very eye popping besides his plus minus numbers. But um, but to me, man, like he passes the eye test in terms of like I think he's yep. doing things that look good, especially on the defensive end. But you can tell like the offensive stuff starting to come back a little bit when he's in. Obviously, we got to see whenever he's back playing long stretches and stuff. Um, but I, I think a good comparison I've seen, I know Jamal Murray is much younger, but like Jamal Murray was tore his ACL about three months, I think, before Kawhi did and or something like that. And so if you really start to like if you start to look at like the same type timeline, I mean, Jamal Murray's starting to look better and better. I think I don't think it was a great game tonight whenever they played. They lost to Atlanta, a very shorthanded Atlanta. But still, he started to look better. You know, he's had like three straight before tonight, three straight 20 point games like this is what we could maybe expect to start seeing out of Kawhi come about January. I'd, I'd agree. I'd agree. That's, um, that's kind of what the, what I've been targeting in terms of seeing Kawhi 30, 35 minutes, maybe even at one point and, you know, break the 20 point barrier and stuff. And I, I do feel like we'll trend towards that, um, around that time. Yeah. I mean, I think that's very realistic. Um, We'll see how it looks tomorrow. You know, hopefully they both look really good and continue to train in the right direction. But, um, you know, let's just talk about both ends of the floor so far for this team. They've had an elite defense so far. Um, the offense has clearly, in terms of just overall numbers, has struggled to this point. 
Um, they are 29th in offensive rating. They are fourth in defensive rating. They have a 108.6 offensive rating and a 110 defensive rating. Those numbers, all these numbers I'm about to give are per cleaning the glass. Um, let's talk about the defense first because I don't think there's as much to cover because we expected them to be a good defense. They got a great defensive anchor that I think is underrated to the masses besides Clipper fans. I'm um, in Zubak. And, um, I mean, they they just – they're so active and they're very good. Every a lot of people on the team are so good with switching, can guard multiple positions. You know, Zoo's holding it down, down low. This team's very good at blowing up DHOs, just a lot of guys on the team. And so that makes it really hard for teams considering they just love a lot of those simple actions. You know, how have you felt about the defense so far? Really good, really good. Um, you know, we'll see. Uh, as they start in December um, to start playing on the road a bit more. Um, but like I, I, I told someone this on Twitter the other day, like, you know, the Clippers were a top five defense in 2020, top eight in 2021. Uh, last year with no Kawhi and very little Paul George, they were top eight again. And so uh, it's very clear that the Clippers have the recipe to, to have a really good defense, which is zoo in the paint surrounded with like a ton of length and uh there's a real emphasis on that end with the clippers and it's honestly the reason why they were able to hang tough despite a two and four start um yeah it's it's encouraging it's encouraging that they they're competing on that end um i think Ty Lu instills a bit of a buy-in as well um and it's crazy because I think Ty Lue doesn't get enough credit for that in. Um, I think a lot of people talk about him, um, and which is good. Uh, but, you know, I, I do feel like he deserves uh, credit for the Clippers being able uh, to put out a quality defense, regardless of who's there. Um, you just look at the roster. Uh, Paul George, Terrence Mann. Zoo, Nick Batum, Robert Covington, who hasn't been playing much this year, Amir Coffey. You just look at the, how many athletes and, uh, you know, the length that they put out there. Um, they, they're really, they're really uh, a solid defensive team. And I don't even know if they'll fall off from the top four uh, this year. I don't think it's so. Top, but top if, top. yeah. I, they should be up around there all year. Um, I, I said it on Twitter the other uh, the other season last year. I was like, you know, the Clippers should be a really good offensive team, but it's it, it's the other end that I'm the most excited about. I'm like, I don't think anyone's going to be able to score on this team, and so far it looks like that, you know. And if and if Reggie Jackson and Norman Powell and Paul George didn't start the season blindfolded, uh, <laughs> we we'd be more, we'd be really. Like, really, we'd win. We would have won a few of those games, the two OKC games. Like, our offense has just been so bad. But, and I know we'll get into that. But, um, yeah, our defense has kind of held the fort down. And it's because we have a lot of defensive talented guys, I think. And so, uh, but yeah, all credit to the big fella in the middle, man. I, I, I really don't know where we'd be without, without him. Yeah, I love Zubak. Definitely want to talk about him some later. Um, random quick hitter. A question that I've kind of been asking some friends and stuff, especially uh, some of my other Clipper fan friends, um, whenever the season was starting. Do you think training camp should be longer? 
Do you think that would benefit teams so that they maybe don't have like the start that like we had? I don't. You don't? Um, uh, yeah, I, I think it's fine the way it is. Um, I, I, I'm glad that, and I don't know if you consider preseason training camp. Um, uh, I think, yeah, a few people, few people consider it like extended training camp and, um, I'm glad they cut out, they cut out some games from training camp. Uh, I mean, from preseason. Uh, so yeah, I, I think your training camp is, is, is fine the way it is. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's a big deal. I mean, ultimately it doesn't change a whole lot, whether it's longer, or shorter. Just wanted, just wanted a quick answer. Um, <laughs> now, now let's talk about the offense. Um, something that's actually a little bit that could keep you a little bit more optimistic is that uh, for the month of November, um, the Clippers actually had the 18th best offense. Cons- and considering that they've been 29th overall in the season, I mean, that's obviously a lot more promising at a 112.2 offensive rating uh, in the month of November. I also then just think some just some high points to look at just to be optimistic before we really get into the more in-depth about the offenses. Obviously, Kawhi's not played much, five games, not a lot of minutes in any of those games. But when he's on the floor, a 114.7 offensive rating, which would be top 10. Uh, and when PG's on the floor, a 112 offensive rating, which is right at league average. And so, I mean, I think it just kind of continues to emphasize the importance of when either of them are on the floor of how much better of a team that they are. Like it's, this isn't a star that impacts one side of the floor. The, both of these dudes severely impact both sides of the floor. Yeah, a hundred percent. And like, the moment it became clear that Kawhi was going to miss a significant chunk of games to start the year. Um, I'm not going to say I didn't really pay too much attention to their offensive roles because they're, they're definitely real. Uh, but it's like, you know, the Clippers aren't going to be a good offensive team without Kawhi Leonard in the lineup. Like that's just, you know what I mean? Like they, they just don't have the personnel for that yeah. in my opinion. Um, unless Paul George is going super sane and he did not start the season like that. Oh. Um, so, yeah, it's like you even in the games that Kawhi has played in, like he's not even Kawhi Kawhi yet. And you can see how he affects the offensive end just by his mere presence. And, and it is um, crazy to me. <laughs> yeah. How much these teams are showing on him. I'm like, I mean, I get it. It's Kawhi. Don't get me wrong. He's so good. But I'm like, it just shocks me how much attention they're giving him considering, first off, what it's been like. He's playing like 20 minutes. And second off, like he hasn't played in over a year. Like I, it just kind of shocks me that they're showing as much as they are on him. Any, it's, it's any of the five games he's played in. The defense is scheming like crazy on Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, man. It's it's the basketball equity that he's built. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's the the equity that he's built from certain spots on the floor, right? Like when he's there and he's playing with Paul George, uh, a lot of times Kawhi's catching it 15 feet in, like or or elbow extended or something like that. And that's his wheelhouse. And I think if you've watched basketball the last five to ten years, you know that's money for Kawhi. And mm-hmm. so uh as a as a team. Um, as an individual, if that's your matchup for the night, uh, it's very easy to uh, kind of fall into that. You know what I mean? It's like, that's Kawhi Leonard. That's who I know him to be. I, I'm not going to even act like uh, he's been out that long. So, um, but yeah, I, I also think our offense is just better when our players play 
up to their caliber, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, without Kawhi Leonard, um, that's a bit tough, but I've said it. Like, if you look at the way Reggie Jackson started the year, like, he's better than that. I, I still yeah. believe that. And he's Norman Powell. Like, like, yeah. And Norm both. I mean, like, both yeah. of them are much better as the season's gone on. Right. And and that's kind of why I am not too concerned with the offense, just because, like, I anticipate getting Kawhi back. Um, you just look at the roster and just look at what they're getting out of guys. Like, Marcus Morris has kind of been almost a lifesaver at certain points of this year, from in my opinion. Um, you know, Luke Kennard is battling a calf thing, but when he was on the floor, uh, you know, he's been a plus, honestly, on both ends. Yes, uh, and so good. Yeah, right. Like he's, he's he's really come a long way defensively and offensively. He went from a guy who I thought wasn't going to be in the rotation to like, I don't think he cannot play like he has to play. Um, you know, Paul George, after he woke up and realized the season had started, uh, ended up with a player of the week. And yeah, like we just have guys. We have a really good team. Like this is the reason why a lot of people thought we were going to win a championship because we have a lot of good players on the team. And so a lot of people like to ask, you know, what's wrong with the offense? And it's like, well, Norman Powell shot 40 percent from three or something last year and he can't make a shot. <laughs> of course we stink. You know yeah. what I mean? Like so um, sometimes it's not that deep. We have a lot of good players who weren't playing really good offensive basketball and weren't making shots. And they started making shots. And as you alluded to, our offense is on an uptick in the month of November. And, uh, yeah, I, I definitely anticipated continuing, especially with Kawhi returning. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I just want to throw this out there because you were tweeting about it so much while it was happening. You kept saying, like, Paul George is ridiculous. Like, like, like we need you taking 20 shots. Like, please throw up shots. Please throw up shots. And then there was, a, there was like three games in a row where he was throwing up 20 plus shots and was scoring like 30 something a game on 50% shooting or something. It was crazy. I thought that was funny. And I had to throw that in there because you were tweeting about it so much. And then. Come on um, now. That's, I don't mean to cut you off, but like, that's pretty ridiculous, right? <laughs> like, no, no Kawhi Leonard. Paul George is taking like 14, 12 yeah. shots. No, like, that's ridiculous. Like, Come on. That's crazy. And just, just last thing I want to throw out before I get into some more of the numbers is just with the duo specifically, it's not been much. It's barely been over 100 possessions. But when they've both been on the floor together, Kawhi and Paul George, it is a 117.2 offensive rating and a plus 31.7 net rating. Again, very small sample size. But if you look at the previous – every year they played together, yep. they're on the floor together, they are just killing teams. And so that's something new. That is is something to be very optimistic about if they can just get on the floor together. 100%, man, 100%. Um, And it's not not hard to see why. So just deep diving into some more, you know, numbers as to why the offense might be struggling or maybe some numbers to be optimistic about it to continuing to go forward. Um, You know, they're not a very good offensive rebound team. That's not totally – shocking i mean obviously zoo is great down there but you know we don't really have like a backup center per se and the thought of this roster fully healthy is a lot more small ball with Kawhi at the four potentially or maybe you know Kawhi batum roko lineups just that kind of stuff so that's nothing crazy there um they have been turning the ball over a lot and yes that you in theory that is a lot better when the two stars are on the floor but definitely something to keep an eye on 
Um, they're 26th in turnover percentage. And when I was talking about the offensive rebounds, they're 25th in offensive rebound percentage. Um, I do think something that I'm, optim I'm optimistic about is that they are 18th in free throw rate. And that's a lot due to, you know, I got to give a shout out to Norman Powell. I mean, he's been oh, man, yeah. great recently and getting to the line. I mean, he's so good at it. He's like, he's a scorer. I mean, it is so like obvious just when you watch him, like that is his, that's what he's best at. And, you know, I, I like that number considering how much better that'll get with the two stars on the floor. You know, getting to the line is crucial, especially in playoffs. Um, now, something I want to see more of, they are great at finishing around the rim. They finish at 67.2% around the rim. The best the best team in the league finishes at around, um, I don't think it's like 71%. But we are 25th in terms of shot frequency at the rim. Now, again, that's hard when the duo is not playing. But I would still like to see a little bit more rim pressure. Um, they're seventh in mid-range frequency, which doesn't – there's nothing wrong there. They shoot at a high clip, 44% from mid. That's well above average. Um, and that's only going to get better with the two stars. Um, started out slow shooting from three, but it's been much better. Still overall, still shooting 36.4% from three. We know that they're even better than that, though, in their 13th and three-point frequency. Um, really good in transition as well. John Walls helped that a lot, but they're not getting out in it much. What are some things to you that maybe stuck out offensively that you think could be improved or that you're optimistic about going forward? Um, I don't anticipate the turnovers um, staying uh, where they're at. Um, I do think uh, we have the personnel um, to, to be better in that regard. Um, I don't anticipate the rim pressure uh, being a thing that um, changes drastically, even with Kawhi and Paul George. We, we just aren't um, that type of team. Uh, yeah, we just, not, we just aren't going to um, get a lot of shots at the rim, I don't think. Um, in regards to the uh, – I think you, you were talking about the offensive rebounding. Um, that's to be expected. Yeah. Um, as you said, uh, we just don't have a lot of talented wings in that regard in terms of rebounding. Yeah. Uh, like Batum isn't going to get down there. Mook doesn't get down there, even though Mook has been a lot better, in my opinion, just from his activity. Uh, but yeah, our, our Roko doesn't play like we just don't have a lot of guys um, that are going to get in the mix under there. And Kawhi, if Zoom alone maybe maybe helps us go up a few spots or something, but yeah, I mean we're not yeah. gonna drastically go up there. Yeah, absolutely. Um and, and Paul George too. Uh that's why I like uh those guys come playoff time because uh they'll get in the trenches and Paul George and Kawhi, they'll get dirty and they'll give you a 15-16 rebound game. And so um, but yeah, uh by and large, um, I just look for us to continue getting better offensively and our shot quality um, will continue to improve. In my opinion, um, I don't know what the numbers suggest, suggest, but sometimes offense just looks so hard for us. And that was the case last year, too. And so hopefully with Kawhi and Paul George back, uh, the shot quality starts to get easier. Um, we were just talking about how Kawhi touches the ball and the defenses act like this is the the finals 2019 and it's Kawhi Leonard uh taking over the world again and it's like I'll take it like you know yeah. like yeah I'll take it so uh, he just makes yeah so he just makes the game easier for everybody and so by virtue of that alone um I anticipate our offense to continue to improve 
Um, and yeah, I, I do think we'll be a top 10 offense by year. In. Yeah. Um, you know, I, there is, to, there's totally so many reasons to be optimistic. You know I mean? They already shoot so, so well above average from the mid range and you know how much better that's going to get with a hundred percent Kawhi and PG playing in, in, in almost every single game. I mean, not almost every single game, but playing in much more games, you know, that the three point percentage is going to go up. I mean, with how poorly they shot it at the beginning, and how capable everyone on pretty much everyone on the roster is of shooting. That's going to go up. That opens so much for the team as a whole as they continue to do that. It, I, I just if like when you look at all this, the the rating right now, offensive rating is not great right now. But there's so many things that tell you with the stars back and the way everybody else is trending that it's only going to continue to climb. I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, there's a there's a reason why the Clippers are what fifth in the West, despite um, playing offense like me and you are on the team. Like they're, they're just, yeah, man, it's crazy. But uh, yeah, you alluded to how Norman Powell is such a a, a foul seeker. Um, he he'll he'll really bail us out at some points. And um, I said it before the year. You know, he is going to be such an important piece of whatever it is we're trying to do. Agreed. Um, we we talk about rim pressure and like he's kind of the only guy on the team like that, him and Terrence. And uh, he'll he's the one that for for all intents and purposes, he'll get to the line or die trying. Like he will find somebody's arm, go up under it. You know <laughs> what I mean? Uh, he'll get to the rim. And he's also a great shooter. And so, like, once Norman Powell starts playing like Norman Powell and he has been, I just feel like we're, we look a lot better. And so now the final piece of the puzzle is to get the get the two forty million million guys back and, and let's see what we can do. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, just kind of branching off that, just the roster overall at this point, I, it's pretty clear that the starting five when everybody's healthy is set and that that probably won't change all year long as long as those guys are healthy, just in Reggie, Paul George, Kawhi, Marcus Morris, and Zubak. Um, when you're thinking about the next few guys, who are the next few that you really like and think should also be playing pretty big minutes in most games? Uh, Terrence. Agreed. Norm. One of my that's two of mine. I, I have four then. Luke. I, that's that's my that's three of my four. Uh probably Nico. And that's that's my fourth one. Yeah. Yeah. And then with a hint of Musa. I agree. Yeah, I, Moose. I want to see more of it. I've was I've been very impressed so far. I totally want to see more. Um yeah. I definitely am gonna to touch on him in a second. Um, you know, for me, you were talking about it earlier with Luke. You, you can't you just can't not play him anymore and he been, he's just been so so good the floor spacing the decision making and defensively i just think is is he going to be the greatest one on one defender no i mean just naturally he's is he much better yes but is he going to be just some great one no but i swear he always knows where he should be and he's he's great at communicating with the other guys on the floor you just have to play him and Terrence Mann's activity i mean that's just a boost that we need sometimes i think um, Norm, it goes without being said for the most part. You touched on that a lot already. And Nico, I just think he's just been so good for us ever since we got him. I mean, and and it, he was one of those guys that was struggling early, but just such a big part of this team, in my opinion. 
Yeah, I, I agree, man. Um, it sucks that I couldn't say Rocco and I and I couldn't say Amir. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just really tough to play more than like nine guys when you're yeah. seriously trying to to go for it. So um, yeah, that's why that's why we paid the big bucks and and that's why we're so deep. Yeah, and you know, just random man, I want to touch on Zubak for just a second. We were talking about him earlier a little bit. Just, I'm just glad he's getting some like not a ton of national attention, but he's getting more attention and people are finally starting to realize, you know, like he's really good. Like he helps us a lot. Like, you know, this season so far, man, he's averaging 11 points, 12 rebounds, two blocks, shooting 62% from the floor and players are shooting 45% against him. And it's like, when you think about that, I mean, most of the time he's around the rim. And so like considering the majority of those are probably around the rim, that's an absurd number. Like I saw something the other day. I don't have it right with me. Players are shooting like 20% less than expected when they're like meeting Zubak around the rim. That's crazy. Yeah. And he's just been such a big part, and I just can never highlight Zoo enough. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Shout out to Zoo. Um, Always shout out to Zoo. Yeah. Has anyone in the rotation just overall at all surprised you to this point, whether it's good or bad? Ooh. Surprise? I, I I can't say. Um, surprised? Uh, damn. Um, I was surprised at how bad some of our guys started. Uh, that that would be like we we got some really high level rotation players who just started the season and it looked like they just weren't ready to play. Yeah. Um. Um. The guys that come to mind for me in that regard are. Paul George, Reggie Jackson, and Norman Powell. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, other than that, uh, no, man. Like, like we know Zoo. Like, you know, oh, what yeah. like yeah. I, I, I that, saw Zoo go head up. Yeah, like I saw Zoo go head up with Aiden in the conference finals, and like yeah. he was, he was, he was banging with him, man, before he got mm-hmm. hurt, and like, um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't really see like, um. I, I don't see anything that surprised me so far. Um, yeah, if anything, certain guys had some lows to start the year that I'm just like, oh, come on, that's brutal. Like, Kawhi is going to miss time, and we got guys playing like they've never played yeah. before? Like, <laughs> come on, man. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, other than that, I don't, I don't really see anything that surprised me so far. Yeah, um, real quick on Zoom, man. I, you know, part of me thinks that, like, he somewhat got continuously thrown under the radar because for the most part, a lot of the casual fans aren't tuned in a lot until like playoff time. And then you had like our series against the Mavericks where like he almost couldn't play and it's nothing he could really do. It's like, dude, Luca's just insane. And like, we kind of just had to play like five forwards and just like keep switching everything and being able to really guard him out on the perimeter. And then also like, the people who – I mean, everyone was tuned in for the bubble. That was like peak COVID stuff. And and Doc Rivers was coaching that team. And us as – I mean, I didn't know you at that point. I don't know if I even followed you at that point. But, like, we were just begging him to play Zoo over Trez in, <laughs> that, nugget, in that Nugget series. And so it's like if you really tuned in to especially those two series, you really didn't see Zoo much. So Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess I can't really blame them, but, like, Hopefully they've woken up on him now. Um, 
I think for me, though, the guys – there's two guys that I would say have surprised me, and I want to say that with, like, quotes around it because it's, like, it's nothing major. But John Wall, and that's only because I said as soon as we got him, like, if we get any – Oh, I forgot about I was like, if we get anything out of John Wall, it's a major plus. And it's like, yes, it's been a roller coaster with him. But that's okay. I mean, he hasn't played in so long – and considering the highs that we've had already, that's insanely promising to me going forward for the Clippers as a whole. And then I just wanted to also give just like a small shout out to like Musa. It's obviously he's barely played, but like the fact that we've thrown in a guy that was a second round pick and it could could potentially, I say that, I don't want to say he is the answer, but like that could be what we end up having as a backup big. I just wouldn't have, I wouldn't have guessed that. I got to see Musa live. We went, me and my family went to the NCAA tournament. My family's Tennessee fans, and so we saw Musa um, play two games in the tournament. But I just wouldn't have expected this at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I didn't really see Musa at all in college. Um, no, and I just and I just anticipated. Yeah, I, I anticipated a guy that was going to be super raw, um, and ever since, uh, ever since. Um, you know, summer league. Uh, I'm just like, wow. Like he, he, he looks like he knows what he's doing offensively. Uh, he walked right into being like a, a playable center defensively uh, with his switchability and his quick feet. He moves those feet, man. And so, uh, yeah, no. Shout out Musa and and yeah, shout out John Wall. Um, it's been a bit of a roller coaster for sure, but um, you know, you just never know when you're gonna need guys and. Yeah, like he he definitely provides um he definitely provides something that we don't have much of. Like he provides that Norman Powell thing. I can't believe I forgot about John Wall this whole time. <laughs> but um it's yeah, hard he provides you guys. Yeah, man, I I feel bad now because when we talk about rim pressure, it's like John Wall provides yeah. that. Like he'll yeah. he'll get to the rim, he'll walk into like five, seven free throw attempts, and mm-hmm. he's been shacking them this year, but like um yeah he's he's uh he's a guy that um when the conditions are right and the the pace of the game is right um he can come in and 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 he can change the tempo of a game for you um so his highs have been really good this year um i still want him to play with Kawhi and paul george more you know i know a lot of people question the fit and that's valid um but i'm of the mind that uh, you want players to play with the best players. You want to play with more talent. Mm-hmm. And the hope with that is John Wall won't have to do as much and that whole thing. So, uh, yeah, shout out to John Wall. Shout out to Musa. Um, yeah, depth, man, depth. Yeah. Um, real quick, yes or no, and depending on your answer, that's how I, that's how I see if I'll, that's how I'll go next. But is any kind of move – necessary yes which direction for you um i i want to get bigger um it's tough because i don't know what's out there in terms of making a move yeah um you don't have to say player but ideally if you're looking for backup five what do you want for the clippers right now I'm just over our small ball. 
Um, I I think Ty Lue, uh depends on it a little too much. Um, and I'm I'm just ready to get bigger. You know what I mean? You see the impact that Moose Musa has on the game. Um, even there's been some games where Moses Brown, he's thrown him out there, and just because Moses is like eight feet tall, yeah. uh, he he affects the game. And so um I feel like our small ball at this point is a bit of an idea, you know what I mean? And Kawhi not being able to stay on the floor doesn't help that. And so uh sometimes it's a bit uh it's a bit tough um but honestly to okay so to 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 retract a little bit from what i said i don't think a move is necessary okay so that's where the answer is no then i i would say i agree with you i do i want them to make a move and i do think they will make a move um i actually think they're going to make a pretty sizable move uh but um necessary no uh, the necessary move is getting the forty million dollar player back. Yeah, Justin. Uh, for some jokes, I saw him tweeting about the uh, Demar. <laughs> um, hey man, you never I mean, know. Against it, I just thought it was funny that Justin was tweeting about Demar Clippers stuff. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm kind of with you, man. I, I don't believe it's necessary, but I do think it would be nice to have more size and a, and a really reliable backup big. Like we've said, maybe Musa is that, but, man, we've seen, like, two games. Like, you just don't know yet. He, he is a rookie as well. Like, But I guess my thing is, like, I still think that there's certain situations in the playoffs where, like, maybe Rocco is a more suitable player, and I still want to see more of, like, Roko at the five with Kawhi small ball type stuff. I don't know. Maybe I don't know if you want to see that or not. I know I want to see it. Um, and obviously we've not really you talked about him a little bit earlier, but like we've not really touched on Amir. But I just I like having Amir as well because man, maybe something goes wrong, maybe somebody goes down, maybe somebody's way underperforming. That's a guy that I I truly trust to play well with the group as well. So is it necessary? No. Could we make a move? Yeah. Am I cool if we don't? Yes. Yeah, I pretty much echo those sentiments. Yeah. Um, assuming that we were to make a move, who's expendable? Just on you okay, my honest answer to that question? You don't have to answer if you don't want to. I answer it. Uh everybody but Kawhi. Really? Not ex- okay, expendable in a. I don't think that um, I was thinking just more like I'm not thinking, I'm not saying like who's untouchable, I'm just saying like uh, if the small moves out there, who's the expendable guy? Okay, okay, that's a different question. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, because like man, I, I don't think people understand how important this year is for the Clippers, and if they don't, um, at least make the conference finals, how different the roster is going to look next year, and like, yeah, I, I, I just feel like nobody in general is off limits because they are really hell bent on trying to bring a chip to L.A. by any means necessary. And so but in terms of expendable, um, you just look at uh, the Clippers roster and um, I think the Clippers roster is made in a way that invites moves. Right. You just got guys like Marcus Morris, Rocco. Uh, you got a lot of guys that are good that can help teams, 
but are on really movable contracts, like oh, desirable yeah. guys that are just on really good contracts, and the Clippers is, are really good at that. That is not by mistake either. At all, at all, which is why when people talk about the Clippers, I'm just like, yeah, let's see how their roster because they may stand pat. I doubt it though, because like just look at the way their roster is set up. Their roster is set up so that um, they can be in play for a move that can really help the team in some in one way or the other. So, yeah. and, um, and they, they have a first round pick if they want to use it. I don't know if yep. they or not, but they do. Um, and I mean, if if you're a person that cares about history in terms of repeating. The Clippers front office is probably bound to make a move. I think it's obvious as day. Um, That's what I've been saying. Like they are, they are pretty locked in on making a move, in my opinion. So I, I think something's there. I mean, I don't know how reliable some of the stuff that's coming in and out, but I don't think that it's just unreliable that you've heard noise from multiple places. Yeah, um, it, it just makes too much sense, right? Yeah. So. I'm I'm intrigued because that's that's not far away for something like that at all. Um, you know, I mean, you've heard about how teams around this time, I mean, not far from now, that's whenever the talks will really start to pick up and engage again. People will start getting on the phones, considering that we're about to be a third of the way into the season here in about a week or two. Teams really have an idea of kind of what's going on. So then we start to see more more people that might be selling or more people that are going all in. So it will be interesting, and then obviously the deadline is in February. So yeah, we're not far at all. Um, last question before we get out of here, man. Um, and you, you did already kind of touch on it, but just want to talk about it a little bit more. How do you think we stack up against the rest of the West currently? <sighs> um, two part question. Uh, without if we don't get the best version or as close to the best version of Kawhi as we need to, um, I just think we fall a bit short of a champion. Um, uh, but if we get the best version of Kawhi or we get the version of Kawhi that I think we'll have by April, I think it's very clear that we're the best team in the West. Um, I, I think that uh, offensively we will come around um, we just have too much, too many talented offensive players, and too much shooting, uh, and, and too much coaching, really, uh, to be this bad of an offensive group. And I keep harping on it. I just don't know four out of seven times how you're going to score on the Clippers. Um, I I also anticipated uh, um, a little bit. I tweeted this too. Um, you know, just the West not being as good as people think. You know what I mean? Like I had the Grizzlies and the Mavericks in a play in and uh, I'm not sure if that'll end up being the case, uh, but it's a possibility. It's, it's, it's very much a possibility. And I always say like, to prove me right, the Clippers are literally spotting the Western conference right now. Like they're literally saying like, if Kawhi breathes wrong, just take some games off. We will, we'll make it there. And as long as it's like not catastrophic to where he can't return this year, um, yeah, I, I just don't see how we get to the playoffs and I'm looking at a team and I'm like, yo, I don't know how we're going to win. Um, the only guy that strikes fear in me is like Steph Curry. Uh, that's because he's a god of a basketball player. Um, but even the Warriors are just like, yeah, you guys aren't, you guys aren't hot stuff, man. I don't, I don't see it. 
Um, and so if the Clippers just get their act together, uh, they can they have a shot at this. Um, they 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 just are more talented than a lot of these teams. Um, if you took Steph off the team for what 15 games or so, the Warriors are going for Wimby on. Same, same for Luca and the Mavericks, same for Booker and the Suns, um, same for Ja and the Grizzlies. And so um you look at that and you're like, man, I tweeted this too. Um, I keep saying that a lot, but we just had a guy have 31 and 29 rebounds. And then in the very next game, have another guy have like 25 in the fourth quarter. And neither of them are our two best players. Like we are, we have the guys that if you plug in some superstars, we are bound to take off. And um, Justin said it today. Like, I I do think a winning streak is coming. Um, And the fact that we got out of that, um November 13 and 10 with essentially hardly any Kawhi is uh very encouraging um I still think about those back-to-back thunder losses that I oh, hate man. um I I just hate them because like um not only are the thunder I don't think they're going to be a good team uh but we just didn't even get we didn't come to play like we didn't even give ourselves a chance to win those games and we're up like um, in both of those games at one point say that again Thunder were up like twenty plus in both of those games. Yeah, like like that's beat like that is beat us. That is pure. Uh, we are still in training camp. We are still in preseason, and the season has started, and we're not ready. And like I hated that. Um, but yeah, uh, I I feel like um once the West starts shaking out a little bit, and you can kind of see it. Um, the 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 Jazz have come down to earth. Same with the Blazers. Um, and we're still right there. Uh, I'm not looking at the Kings, even though I think I thought they were going to be really good this year. Um, well, not really good, but I thought they'd be a good team. Much better. Um, yeah, much better, but I don't see them in a way. Um, yeah, when you think about the West, it's like, well, if the Clippers aren't going to win it, who is I, – I, I, I haven't mentioned the Nuggets yet. Um, I, I will, um, just by virtue of Jokic um, and Jamal Murray starting to look more and more like himself. Um. I don't see them as a team. If the Clippers are fully healthy and they're clicking, um, I'm not. I'm not really intimidated by the Nuggets. And so, um, yeah, long-winded way, long-winded answer. But out west, I don't see a team that can beat the Clippers four out of seven if they're fully healthy. Like we get to April and Kawhi Leonard um, looks like Kawhi. Paul George is Paul George. Um, I, I don't see a team beating them four out of seven. Um, now the championship uh, is a bit of a different story, honestly. As of as of right now, as of December second, Celtics and Bucks both lost tonight, but they sure are rolling. Yeah, man. I I um I said it the other day, like um, not to disrespect anybody in the West, um, but if this continues, where the Clippers can hang around the third, fourth, fifth seed and hardly get any Kawhi, I'm not worried about this. Um, we have until April to kind of close the gap between us and the Celtics and us and the Bucks. Um, that's kind of what I'm looking at. And that's, and again, I'm kind of doing some projecting with the Clippers and projecting them to be a bit better as the year goes on. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see if that is to be true, but if they do end up being better, um, I still think a one seed is in play or at least a top two seed. And 
yeah, I just look at the NBA landscape and I'm like, man, the Celtics are just so much better than everybody, you know, and the Bucks are kind of right there too. So uh, let's see if we can close the gap on those guys uh, as the year goes on. But yeah, the West, um, I don't, I don't look at the West as being too intimidating as long as we continue uh, to round into shape and, and round it to health. Yeah. Um, you know, it is crazy how dominant the Celtics and the Bucks have been considering the Celtics are without Robert Williams and the Bucks just got Chris Middleton back tonight. Um, you know, I, I want to just touch on uh, one thing. Um, you were talking about it, how, you know, the Clippers are being so cautious about even if, you know, Kawhi breathed, breathed the wrong way, like they would sit in. Yeah, and I also think that it's zero coincidence at all that him and Paul George are coming back at the same time tomorrow, more than likely. Um, you know, those two guys are definitely not on some unless they unless just slim chance they are. There's no chance those guys are just on the same exact injury timeline. This is pre-planned. They want these two to get on the floor together and they want to get things rolling. Yeah, I agree. Um, I kind of alluded to it earlier, but man, I don't think it's it's not lost on me that even though the Clippers are 13 and 10, which isn't a glossy record, um, it's not lost on me how important this year is for the franchise. And I think Kawhi and Paul George know it as well. And um I'm I'm not gonna say that they feel onus for the position that we are in. Um, but they're human, right? And it's like Kawhi wants to get out there and and help. Same with Paul George. Like it's no fun to be the guy that's making $40 million, but you get to watch the rest of the guys uh play their hearts out and lose and um compete and play hard. And you don't play, but you make the most money, you know what I mean? And yeah. you do it for another year in a row. And so um, I know, like, uh, I know for a fact, like these guys want to get out there and they want to play and they feel the sense of urgency of how important, um, this year is. And when you have, uh, the defending champions at 11 and 11, and you got Luca who's challenging for best player in the conference and their team is like under 500, I think, um, you just look and you see a chance, you see a real chance there. And, um, yeah, this may be the last chance. And I, I know we got Kawhi and PG under contract, but it's like, man, you, this window isn't going to be open for long. And with Kawhi's health and PG's health, you just don't know how long it's going to last. And so with the West being as down, like, yeah, uh, you want to get back as soon as possible and, and make a run at this thing, man. Like, let's get serious, bro. Like, I'm tired of – I'm going to get on a rant, but, like, I'm, I'm tired of seeing, like, uh, our role players play above their heads and, and these comeback wins. And like, I'm, I'm tired of it, man. Like let's get Paul George and Kawhi on the floor. Let's be a serious championship containing basketball team. The way Bomber put this roster together and let's go for it, man. Yeah. Uh, totally agree. Um, I, I totally like what you said, you know, just for the listeners, if you're not a Clipper fan, I promise you that the guy with the highest win percentage in NBA history is not wanting to sit out games. Like, please. Yeah. So, and then, you know, I just want to touch on that. My three contenders in, out in the West going into the season were Clippers, Warriors, Nuggets. I'm going to stick with that right now, but we'll see how it plays out. But Jamal, appreciate you so much for coming on again, man. Great time again. You will totally be back on at some point. 
um appreciate you bro nah thank you bro thank you for having me on man it was a pleasure um anytime i can i'm down for sure thank you yeah so with that being said this is the end of episode 32 of the coast to coast podcast see you guys soon artless io 